This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. So our guest today is Kay Sheetak, filmmaker, educator. I run this platform called Shoot Guru. The idea is to, you know, take education to every single person in India and around the world uh, and get them to start creating positive content. What would you say that most Westerners kind of miss about creating an Indian wedding film? The thing that we have to be very careful about in Indian weddings is relationship. That every relationship is taken care of and they're touched upon somewhere in that wedding film. Someone on the internet is not necessarily a mentor. You need an actual person. The, these kids who have the talent do not have the right guidance because what they're doing is they're learning on YouTube. They're trying to replicate what people are teaching on YouTube, but they don't have the resources to execute what they see on YouTube. If that kid does not get to hold this equipment in his hands, he will never understand what results he can get with it. Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Film School show. My name is Jason and I'm here with my co-host, Jared. I'm doing the intro today, Jared. Yeah, kind of uh, reversal today. We have a, a very special guest on today. We met him over in uh, in Tokyo back when we were uh, uh, kind of premiering the new um, Panasonic S5 II. So our guest today is Kei Shitak, and he is a um, filmmaker, educator who runs a thing called uh, Shoot Guru. Um, he's known as the Shoot Guru over there. Um, and he it's a really, really fascinating um, story. And, and I... I I remember talking to him over in Tokyo and I was like, I gotta have this guy on. I gotta think of an angle, right? Because he's not, I mean, he's done weddings, but that's not his primarily, his primary thing is weddings. But I think there's some commonality, which is like, you know, there, he's boots on the ground in India. A, I'm fascinated with Indian weddings. I, I think the whole entire industry is fascinating. I think there's a lot of them, like, we don't have insight into the level of talent and what they're doing over there. I, I like, and I would love to know more about it. So I wanted to have someone who had a little insight there, but also what he's doing with educating young people and getting people's career started. Like that's our heart too. That's why we have what we have with our, with wedding film school is we want people who are like, Hey, I think I might want to have my own business. Like one of the number one ways we think you could do it is, Hey, pick up a camera, start shooting. Um, and just get out there. And I and that's kind of, I think, what Kay's mission is, too. Um, and so we wanted to have him on. So how you doing, Kay? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, thank you for having me here. Oh, man. It's so it's such a pleasure. Um, what time is it over there? Uh, it's about 7.30 in the evening. Yeah, 7.30 in the evening. We're like almost 10 a.m. over here. But um, that's always the challenge with overseas people, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, so Kay, why don't you tell people who are listening, um, the wedding filmmakers who are primarily kind of, especially most of them are either European or um, American filmmakers who are kind of, they're in the wedding world, they know wedding filmmaking. Why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do over in India? Because I think it's really amazing. So, uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me here once again. And uh, just to let you guys know uh, to the view, to the listeners that, uh, so I'm Kshitich, uh, also known as K. Uh, I run this platform called Shoot Guru. 
where the idea is to make basic education in filmmaking and photography affordable or even free for creators who really want to get into this industry and the idea is to create a community that supports each other uh, in content creation through collaborations through uh, you know working on bigger projects together and uh, just a kind of a cohesive environment where everybody can succeed together so that's the idea behind what we do and we host a lot of workshops online offline and uh, the idea is to you know take education to every single person in india and around the world uh, and get them to start creating positive content that's the idea behind yeah yeah very cool man yeah i i I think everyone um who knows a little bit about india in general um knows that it's probably uh that a it's the largest democracy in the world but also it's the largest emerging economy in the world right now so probably a pretty exciting time to be in india uh that means there's a lot of economic growth what are kind of the emerging like film markets in India? Is it the commercial world? Is it the wedding world? Do you see growth on that side? Like, where is film kind of going in India right now? So, see, the market is growing, of course, the economy is booming. Uh, There are ups and downs in different different industries. But what I feel uh, in the media industries as such, uh, wedding is something that will always survive. I mean, Indian people love getting married. We are the largest population and we are growing by the day. Uh, We have the best and the most, you know, I would say the pompous of weddings happening where people love to show what they have and everybody loves to spend that kind of money and to capture all of that, they really, really look out for photographers and filmmakers who can do their best in presenting uh, what they have showcased uh, back to them. So uh, in terms of the media industry, I would after Bollywood, I would say wedding is the biggest. Uh, then you have commercial and OTT platforms are really emerging with uh, short format films coming up. Uh, people are doing a lot of short films, uh, and the education system changing in our country now because uh, we have international schools where uh, children are now you know allowed to pick up whatever they want. Somebody who's learning sciences can pick up photography as a secondary subject. Somebody who's doing arts can do uh, mathematics as as a secondary subject so that versatility is coming in the education system and is allowing uh, children today to follow their dreams because i can very well say that uh, because of the boot camps that we're running i've had uh, have had children who are 15 years old and are doing brilliant short films brilliant documentary films that i never imagined i could have done in my life when i was at their age so the markets are changing it's evolving wedding will still be the topmost uh, in my you know bucket where it really makes money but then again it's up to you how you present yourself in this industry how well you can you know uh, showcase your own work and how well you can keep up with the time yeah wow that that's really actually really interesting to me because like jay and i were talking about it actually uh this morning talking about uh, weddings in America, right? People are getting married like later and later and later. They're having less and less kids over time. Like populations kind of like starting to decline. Um, There's fewer weddings now. Like I I see weddings kind of um, decreasing here in the States, but with people making more, you know, money in general, maybe the emergence of more of like a middle class in India. I can see that being true. Like, more Indian weddings um, happening in India, um, you know, even growing kind of the luxury market as well. So that's that's really interesting, man. I, I was I kind of shocked to hear that weddings are the emerging film market over there. But uh, but yeah, yeah, really cool, man. Okay, so 
you know, no, sorry, ahead. just on that, what yeah. uh, Jared just said uh, about the middle class, you know, uh, in India, the, fun, the, the, the basic focus behind weddings is that when somebody gets married in our families, it's something that we are very proud of. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it's the moment of celebration for us. It's a moment of showing off uh, what we can do for our kids in the process. We have uh, lower middle class also, not even the middle class, lower middle class taking loans and spending it on wow. big, big ass weddings. I mean, like, yeah. and uh, it's not even funny the amount of money these people spend. I mean, at times I personally feel like, why are you doing it? Save the <laughs> money, put it in the... In we we feel that way too in the kids, States, but- Kay. <laughs> yeah and but then again when i look at it at a perspective of a creator who's doing weddings who's doing uh, now they started doing reels in weddings they they've started doing uh, like aerial uh, shows in weddings and the whole wedding market is really transforming i mean like in my sister's wedding uh, the rings came via a drone and uh, <laughs> we had uh, ice flowing on the ground making it look like clouds and what not i mean like you know people love it and I, that's what I feel that in India, uh, be it a lower middle class, be it middle class, or even the super luxury segment, the magnitude of the wedding will vary. Of course, the budgets will vary, but still the pomp and the show off will, I think it'll always be there. Yeah. And I think, I think like, that's a big thing is like, if your culture values, like when you think about India, right? The first thing I think about is color, right? Everything is yeah. colorful, right? Everything is out there and like you watch a Bollywood movie like Americans are like these are cheesy right like we watch but it's like actually no that's like it they're they're everything is about the spectacle right yeah. everything and that bleeds yeah. into the weddings right like I, I I mean you could tell me a little more about this but when I first started seeing like sometimes and I'll be totally frank I would see some Indian filmmakers and I'm like that like I'd see their film and I'm like that film is not good like but and I would see good ones too, but I would see some people who are not good. And then I would see a BTS shot of like the cameras they were using and the amount of people shooting. And sometimes there would be a scrum of like 30 people with cameras shooting this bride and this groom. And it was like, it really gave me insight into like, man, it it's all about the show. It's all about bringing yeah. that, like that, that, that to like that experience, right? And I think um, in India, like like in the states, I don't know if you've ever shot a wedding in the states. In the states, this is the wedding industry. You as a filmmaker are expected to, and you could get like I know people who are getting paid like twenty k a wedding. Who this is how the more so the higher up you go, the more so this is true. You are expected to be seen and not heard. You're expected to like you want to show up at that wedding. You should have the smallest camera you can. You, you should not stick out at all. Like, like th- it's funny how that works. Like, it's the total opposite. Am I right there when I'm, like, seeing, like, a hey, part very of... Very true, very true. Very true. And, you know, that's that's one of the reasons uh, why uh, I would, uh, you know, the why Sony or the Canons of the world came up with their tele lenses that look beautiful uh, when they were hooked onto a camera. Because whenever a candid photographer would would walk into a wedding and you know take his camera out, everybody was looking at him. Okay, now this is a moment, and everybody you know kind of dress up and and the the family who hired that photographer would ask that if you're coming to the wedding, please get the camera with the white lens. 
I'm, I kid you not, that was a very basic demand that was coming through. The bigger the cameras that you had, the more, uh, I, I would say that, that you were considered a better uh, filmmaker. Because I remember when I was do, doing weddings, gimbals were just introduced and GoPro gimbals were something which was very, very new in the Indian market. People never knew something like that existed. So what I did, I, uh, we had a drone that we had built up. I took out the gimbal from that drone put onto a cage that I had and uh, had the GoPro running like a gimbal because we didn't have the DSLR gimbals at that time. And people went nuts looking at what <laughs> we were doing. The other team, so there were two different teams which we were shooting. I was shooting from the bride side and then there was a team shooting from the groom side. The bride side team was like, what the hell are these guys doing? And we suddenly became like talk of the talk. And uh, we got three more weddings from that wedding itself. And every time they were like, what new are you getting in that uh, the next wedding? So in India, it's more about uh, bigger setups and uh, rightly said that you do see big setups, you do see the latest cameras, you do see uh, the top-notch equipment that can be there. But sometimes or most of the times, I would say the quality of the films that are coming out are not at par to what they could have been. Yeah. Uh, and and that why I feel is because the basic definition of cinema is yet not clear with people. People don't understand lighting. People don't understand storytelling. People don't understand uh, emotions as such. What they do is, okay, they look at a film that was a successful film, maybe a few uh, hundred thousand views on YouTube. Uh, it's a competitor's film. They look at it. They jot down all the shots that that person did and they kind of replicate it. That's what people have been doing. Um, and why I can say this is because I started like that. Yeah. That's how the industry starts here. We copy what success is. We we try replicating what things have been successful in the past. And because of that, the creativity does not come out. There is nothing that is an original to any of the films that I did in the past. I can't come back to you and say, listen, uh, Jared, look at this film because this is an original shoot guru wedding film. No, it's not. The concept is not original. The concept has been done to death. The The story would have been done to death. And worst of all, the music would have been done to death. Uh, and the people who are doing really good work, you can look at it and you can tell, okay, these are people who've understood what the technicalities of film and photography are about. What is composition? What is visual storytelling? What is uh, sound design when it comes to designing a story? And they kind of bring all of that together to tell, uh, tell a story. And that's I feel out of hundred for filmmakers, uh, wedding filmmakers in India, only ten would be doing that great of work. That's really cool, man. And that that kind of transitions a little bit into kind of what you're doing nowadays with Shoot Guru. Kind of explain uh, to to our audience what is Shoot Guru. Dive into kind of like the work that you're doing, kind of what you're bringing, um, you know, to to the people out there, and and kind of how you're hoping to grow kind of the industry over there. So. Uh, over the last year, few years, what we felt because we were outsourcing a lot of business uh, to a lot of creators around India and we were hiring these uh, creators in tier two, tier three cities uh, where the client could not afford us going personally because they couldn't afford travel or something like that. So the client would ask, okay, please hire somebody local and get this work done. It was a very small, maybe two hour shoot or a three hour shoot. So we started hiring these kids and uh, every time we struggled with quality, every time there was some screw up that happened in frame rates, there was some screw, uh, screw up that happened with the shutter sync, uh, they were not using ND filters and stuff like that, which we were, you know, we learned and we started using over the years. And what I felt is that the, these kids who have the talent, who have the uh, resources to create content, 
do not have the right guidance because what they're doing is they're learning on YouTube. They're trying to replicate what people are teaching on YouTube, but they don't have the resources to execute what they see on YouTube. Like, for example, if today I put out a YouTube video and uh, I have the, let's say, the Lumix S5 II, which I'm using right now for this live session also, uh, as a camera in my hand, and I'm using a cinematic light setup with a hair light uh, popping in the back, and I have a Pro Mist filter attached to it. If that kid does not get to hold this equipment in his hands, he will never understand what results he can get with it. Mm. He would only know, okay, some creator on YouTube used a Pro Mist filter with a cinematic light to get that nice soft skin tone with a nice, beautiful, you know, uh, bouquet in the background. But what he will not understand it where and why to use it, what kind of lenses to use it with and where not to use it. Yes. So that led us to teach these kids hands-on that this is something that you need to learn uh, because that was missing. I so think, the basic idea of Shoot Guru was to give hands-on experience to all of these people. Well, and also like, you know, Jared and I always are banging our heads against the wall, I think, with like internet education culture, right? Because it's like yeah, educating people over the internet is barely education. Like it, it's good. You Very can do true. it. You can do it, and there it's a door, I think, to education. But there's n- literally no replacement for hands-on boots on the ground. And I also think it's the concept of mastery is going away, right? It's like, oh, you made a sick video. Okay, well, that's cool that he, in this condition, can make a YouTube video or that he happened to be in Bali when he shot it or something. But like this person is not necessarily someone you should be emulating and you need to know you've got to be with that person and see why they make the choices and so i think hands-on education especially like maybe not long long term maybe not a three-year school or whatever but like especially over a period of time not just a day at a little workshop there's no replacement for it have you seen so you do these workshops right those are like one or two days and then you do the you were telling us before that you also do um, longer term mentorships and at yeah, your studio. Yeah. What do you see as the big difference between, cause you're doing online education, right? Which is kind of YouTube slash yeah. Instagram. You're doing these workshops and then you're also doing these long term like uh, I don't know, boot camps. What's the difference between yeah. all three and where do you think like you see the value in like for the uh, student? So um, we, we have, we have always been somebody, uh, somebody who's like concentrating on the practical aspect of filmmaking photography more. So when the lockdowns and the pandemic and everything happened for us, it was a huge blow because uh, uh, now we couldn't practically show people what we wanted to. And we had to transform into an online format. We started an app. For a year, I ran online courses, but I shut everything down because I realized after that one year, nobody learned anything. <laughs> Believe me, nobody learned anything. Tell me about all it. All those kids who... Uh, no, I'm telling you, and this is going to go live. I don't mind it going to live. All the students that I've had online struggled with me on an actual shoot. And I'm looking at their face. Listen, I taught you this. Then I realized, no, I told you about it, but you never learned it. So, you know, that, that factor of them not holding a camera in their hand, not experiencing lighting, not experiencing different, different kind of, uh, you know, uh, care 
was the first stop for us. Okay, let's stop online education, and we completely shut it down. The Shudguru app is not there anymore. Um, I'm coming on YouTube, but on YouTube and on Instagram, I give you know more of like new age tips than getting into details of shutter aperture, ISO, cinematic lighting, and all all of that. I just you know hit upon things that are running now. Uh, but what I have learned is with the one day workshops, people get to realize what they're missing. because we make them realize listen if you are not holding this camera or this setup in your hand on a daily basis you're not practicing with it for at least 2 months 3 months you're not doing anything you know and from there when these kids now decide to join the program they come to us for a month they learn on grounds they go to actual shoots it's an eye opener for them people who wanted to get into purely direction become cinematographers people who want to get uh, get into wanted to get into cinematography are now production designers people who did not even think about music and uh, background scores or mixing and mastering are now sound designers and they're excelling at what they're doing because when they were working on actual projects and when they were doing the uh, things practically they realized what they were missing and with practice and with experience they realized where their interest really lied and how things were you know reacting to what they wanted to do and that that is why i feel practical learning practical education and practice is something that will change how creators are coming out in this world and that's one thing i have a fight with uh, with all due respect to all the influencers out there who are creating beautiful content i mean i see some amazing transitions happening in their reels and what not and uh, but you know they're very stuck to their own world uh even though they are taking away a lot of my business because i love traveling and now the uh, tourism uh, boards don't call me anymore because they call an influencer instead but at the same time if that influencer can afford a drone but that's not necessary he knows how to fly it correctly if that influencer owns a gimbal it does not necessarily mean they know how to work that gimbal or walk with it correctly and that is what you can see in their content yeah. you would see a drone shot that starts beautifully and then ends up like whoa what just happened did you crash i mean like at 90% of the times and believe me i get messages almost every second day from an influencer listen i crashed my drone uh, where can i get it repaired <laughs> the amount of people who because you didn't learn yeah 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 and, yeah and i was saying something the other day i was like i have a lot of conversations with you know top tier educators top tier like wedding filmmakers and the amount of them that say oh i can't wait to get out of weddings and i'm like why are you educating people then like like what a cynical viewpoint like you just like literally you're just like your your plan to stop doing something you hate is to force someone else to do something that you don't want to do yeah <laughs> and it's like <laughs> yeah you you know they they they're trying to replace themselves yeah. yes and that's the actual point versus um this is a great thing i want to share it with someone That's how I view weddings. It's like I love shooting weddings. I want other people to do it. I am so appreciative of what weddings have done for my life and what a camera has done for my life and what this skill has done for my family. I want more people to have this skill because I think it can do that for them. I'm not like Jared and I often are like, "Oh, I hate social media. I'm so tired. I don't want to do this." If I could work with students every day, Jared, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like but it's 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 not so it's not a thing in the states no unfortunately like you know so i think your opportunity over there is is really special and that's yeah. why i was like oh i'm so i'm i'm actually super jealous of k because 
what he's able to do because of the need and because of like the appetite is so amazing. I, I'm glad you made that distinction, Kay, uh, between influencers and, and kind of um, creators, right? Uh, when we were in Tokyo, and, and again, no offense to, to the people that were there, but we talking about it, we we're like, you know, we shot a lot of really good B-roll. I liked a lot of what we got there, but I feel like I'm probably more of like a creator than like an influencer, really. Like, uh, like we're really terrible. We, we we came in as like you know we're creators. We came into wedding film school like, hey, I think we have something to offer, uh, but we're not like the personalities that really like hop off the page and explode and like just talk about gear and it's like people are interested in what we have to say about gear. We're kind of like people that are just doing it and want to be good at what we're doing. But I was shocked at like kind of the the lack of quality of like B-roll. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, I think what we shot was like really good compared to a lot of other people. And I saw your film that you did uh, from Tokyo and I was like, his is really good too. He seems like he's very much like a creator, someone who's an educator who knows what he's doing, who creates really beautiful stuff. So I, I think that comparison is but, interesting. Uh, that's a great point. I want to ask thank you a question because so of what you yeah. said. Do you think that the proliferation of and the cheapness of um, the, how easy it is to distribute media and is is really um, trickling down to a poorer quality from people who start out shooting. Do you think people are just doing because I, I don't know that maybe is how I feel, but do you think that influencers are actually negatively affecting people's development as creators? See, uh, more than influencers, I think it's the story of an influencer that is, uh, you know, taking people down. Yeah. Uh, where you see, look at it. I've been in this industry for 13 years. It took me 13 years to be where I am. I have been through ups and downs. I have destroyed my career multiple times because of wrong decisions. I have lost a lot of money multiple times because of wrong decisions. And I am proud of talking about it because I don't want people to make the mistakes I did. But at the same time, you have these uh, influencers who are coming on to their channels with a few hundred thousand followers. Uh, and they talk about things like, hey, listen, I, you know, I just picked up a phone and now started creating this amazing content. Uh, I'm getting this much of money from that content. What they don't talk about is the struggle behind creating that content. They also have failed. They also have been miserable. They've deleted all their stupid content that they have created. And that is the reason that a viewer who's coming on board to their channel to look at what they're doing does not really get the hang of what the mistakes can they uh, make. And so that anybody who can afford an iPhone thinks that they are somebody who can create beautiful content because now they have a piece of equipment that does amazingly well. Why? Because an influencer was shooting with it and they were creating some amazing content. That influencer who's creating that content, what these people don't understand is there's a creator on the other side of that camera who's using that piece of equipment, creating that content for that influencer and not the influencer alone. Yeah. And that combined together, that skill set combined together is seen in people who are influencers and creators at the same time and who are purely influencers and are dependent on creators to kind of bring their skill sets together mm -hmm. to create amazing content. But the viewers don't look at it. And hence, I get people who apply for jobs who have zero experience in what they're uh, applying for. Like, for example, we do a lot of food shoots for big brands in India, and we are literally uh, hiring people left, right and center because we want to do this in 20 cities around India. 
I'm getting people who are coming up to me saying, "Listen, I create beautiful food reels, and I can do this for you." I said, "Okay, sure." He's sending me videos that he's done because he was he's visited ten different restaurants and he owns an iPhone and he's sending me. Listen, I said, "Listen, I can't offer this to my client. I can't have my client see you with an iPhone walking into a restaurant, creating a reel and coming back and saying, "Okay, the light is flickering." Why? Because I couldn't control it because I have a phone. Now that technicality is what is lacking, and because of which the quality of content is really really going down because of which what is biting these creators is that they don't have a solid portfolio mm-hmm. when they go out to get real business real businesses business beyond what other creators are paying them to assist them in or what pocket money they're making is when they have a family to support when they have bills to pay when they have to go back and spend that money on buying more gear that is when they realize listen we need to do bigger business and when they start pitching bigger business they realize well we don't have a good enough portfolio mm. so and that all comes back to because they did not get into the learning side or skilling up side i would say of uh, the co- content creation industry they just jumped into it they thought they have the right equipment to create whatever they could replicate looking at and uh, they were doing it and because of which i feel that uh, things are biting them back now well and also uh, someone on the internet is not necessarily a mentor you need an actual yeah, you need an actual person jared and i um our business model we did 220 weddings last year um we've worked with mostly young people mostly like our current employee started with us when he's 17 and he's been shooting weddings he's probably done hundreds of weddings at this point right um I think a person needs 50 to 60 paid wedding gigs under their belt before they can ever really shoot a wedding. Yeah. Like That's true. That's and, true. And 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 I think you could go out there and not do that. You could just get lucky or get you maybe you're uniquely talented, all that stuff, but it's not the norm. And and I think like I love I love free education. I like YouTube. I believe in all this stuff, but I will say it's not enough. like you have to go get your boots on the ground you have to have someone who tells you i i heard a person the other day say jared he was like a real a real leader will will criticize you like and they'll take yep. it very seriously they won't be sarcastic they won't mock you they'll they they were like it's a gift to say come up and be critical of you and actually help you and give you criticism you there an influencer is not incentivized to be critical an influencer needs to pump your tires 24/7 and keep you rolling and keep spending money on their stuff clicks and all that stuff and and i i think the lack of criticism and the lack of actual boots on the ground education is clipping people's wings because they're going out there and they're like i know great filmmaker in the states it's a little different maybe because people can have these really solid jobs and on the side work a side hustle buy a really nice camera produce pretty good cameras pretty pretty good content but they can't run a business so they have this great content yep. and then they go out there they know nothing about marketing they know nothing about like post production delivering on time their storytelling is garbage and and then they release stuff maybe they sell 20 weddings and then someone they have no idea how to actually be critical or or when to be alarmed about their business not going well and you know so i i think like even though like you're in india and we're in the states I think we're both kind of addressing and seeing some of the same issues with um the lack of um uh, mentorship, lack of boots on the ground, lack of hands-on training because like 
I would be the last person to tell you you should go to college for this. Like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. You should just go on a set yeah. for three years. <laughs> That's how you should learn. You know, I mean, I, in, in India, one thing, uh, what we faced when I started off was we never got mentors because every senior we would approach or every senior person we would go up to uh, would look at us like a competition and they wouldn't give us the right direction. And that is the reason why in Shoot Guru, I made it a point that I reply to every single DM that comes on Instagram. I reply to every single email that comes through and my team is there only to just prompt, listen, we've got a message, please go and talk to them because I don't want anybody else uh, following up on queries or following up on uh, you know issues that people are facing in the industry. And uh, rightly said, if I would have had a mentor, what took me 13 years to do, I would have achieved in, achieved in three years. Because then I would have somebody to pull my ears, listen, don't do this. You're doing this wrong. Take this path. And for the last five years, I've just been doing that. And uh, I have realized that the lack of good mentors in our country or even around the world, uh, and more than that, the lack of accessibility to a mentor where you do buy a program, you do, uh, that person says, okay, yes, now I am your mentor. But when you call him, when you email him, they rarely reply. And that is what is happening with a lot of, you know, educators around the world uh that has to change because a mentor is supposed to be there when you fall down when you're on your knees and you look up that, that person has to be right there to answer all your things and pull you up and say listen just go on ahead and this is what you're doing wrong do this correctly and that is what is really missing in whatever we're doing be it wedding be it uh, commercial be it uh, fashion film street for that matter i feel it is missing literally everywhere yeah and What's funny, Jared, is like everyone who is successful, almost everyone has had that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Something I, I love about UK is I, I can tell um, you like to work really hard. <laughs> and so I think we, we get along really well because that's something that Jay and I are, have always been like really passionate about. And I, I think it's like in talking about influencers, you know, I always think of influencers as like people just... <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm working so hard. I had to post a video this week. You're like, oh, don't work too hard, man. Uh, you know, uh, but you're out there actually doing the work. You're talking about being in 40 cities, and like, we're the same way. We're like, how can we expand? You know, our business, Stop Go Love. You know, make a, kind of a, a bigger, um, you know, company, um, and and educate more people. Like, do wedding film school essentially for free at the same time. So I think there's a lot of parallels in in what we're trying to do in the states and and what you're trying to do over there in India I think is uh really cool really admirable because you know a lot of times it is you know a labor of love <laughs> and uh you fail a lot of times like like you mentioned you know we we've kind of tried a lot of things and failed in a lot of things uh I at the same time feel, yeah. I failed every single day <laughs> at, at, at so many things yeah and, um I think we should be, we'd be remiss, Jared, yeah. if we didn't bring up just some more of the spectacle of Indian weddings, yeah. right? Yeah. Because when I this is in the states, and it's actually a big market in the states too. Like Indian yeah. weddings are big money, yeah. right? Because these these are multi day yeah. weddings. Now, given they want to negotiate the every single part of the contract, but. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's true. I think I think an Indian would never let go of a good bargain. Yeah. <laughs> but I respect it, man. Oh, me too. But that being said, they're beautiful weddings. Yeah. And 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 you know, I think we have a kind 
of an understanding a little in the states of like what goes into these weddings and the the pomp and the circuit all the crazy spectacle right like is 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 it the norm because i mentioned before like i've seen these indian weddings and like they have these crazy amounts of cameras is like that how many what percentage of weddings are having this big budget for creators and what percentage of them are just like yeah, because in the states, the average wedding spend is like fifteen hundred dollars, maybe three thousand for photo and video, right? They have one photographer and one video. That's that is seventy wow. to sixty percent of weddings is it, actually only sixty percent of weddings have video. Um, most weddings don't have, not most, but many do not. That's kind of the norm in our states. It's very downplayed in the states. Every time I see in India, though, I've never seen an Indian wedding that doesn't have multiple like you mentioned two different teams for the bride and the groom how do they even make yeah. a film yeah 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 <laughs> so is yeah, that the norm the or what's the industry like <laughs> uh, okay um so th things have changed over the years um uh and like post covid things have really really shrunken down uh but at the same time it really depends on what your budget is uh, uh i know filmmakers and photographers so we have these uh, websites uh, where you can go on and you can see people's portfolios uh, in terms of uh, weddings and um, you know you, they have their pricing over there and they tell you what they give in the package so all the packages are really really mentioned in there and stuff like that uh, so we have people who would do uh, weddings let's say starting about a thousand dollars for uh, maybe one photographer one videographer but that would be in I would say very tier three, tier four cities and uh, weddings of very small scale, you know, I mean, like ultra small scale. And these kids would be like these these people would be freelancers. They will not even give you post-processed anything. They would just shoot, hand over you uh, maybe a hundred edited images and maybe one small highlight capsule of the wedding. And that's pretty much it. But as you go up and up and as you see uh, these uh, wedding filmers and photographers who are who have good portfolios who are doing very well um, these people apply for awards also they, these people get awards also and the more value is attached to any of them like first if they're an influencer on social media if they have a social media page with a few hundred thousand followers i mean that's few hundred thousand extra rupees for your wedding straightforward uh, <laughs> and then uh, then then you have people who have won awards so now because they're award winners uh then the bride and the groom come together okay listen we just want you because they have their own rules and regulations about one team only and stuff like that and uh, that would that wedding would cost you about three thousand dollars easy like i'm mean, like easy the starting packages in india of a decent wedding with a decent uh wedding team is approximately three thousand to five thousand dollars and that can go up to twenty thousand to forty thousand dollars. I've seen it myself, and it's not even funny. Uh, where you know that the actual team shooting is just two filmmakers and two uh, photographers, like two cinematographers and two photographers. Rest everybody is just showcase of uh, the strength that a, a, a wedding team can bring with them. But uh, at times when you're doing destination weddings, at times when you are going uh, away with the families, then the families prefer, no, you reduce your wedding size, uh, people size, only the primary uh, photographer and the, the cinematographer will join in. Uh, maybe one producer comes on board just to manage the family and stuff like that. And they would still get that much amount of money because they're known for 
what they do and what they're doing so it's a very very huge variation um in india the thing is uh, with freelancers there is no set rate right i can uh, i have a network of about 40000 creators pan india you ask me tomorrow that you guys are coming to mumbai and you both are the key uh, photographer and cinematographer or key, uh, like key shooters for your uh, team and you just want two more people attached to you we have the power to offer you people who would join you at about 100 dollars a day to 50 dollars a day to 20 dollars a day imagine that yeah it's it's as like as low as 20 dollars a day where you're just paying the travel to about $100 a day where somebody who's getting a nice latest camera and a few lenses of his own and everything would come to you in about $100. And that goes up to about $200 for somebody who's experienced. Believe me, people with five, five years of experience come to you for about $200 to $300 a day. And that's that's how the industry is running in India. And that's, that's the reason why the people who can make clients, can market, like Jay, uh, you rightly said, people who know how to market what they're doing, who know how to run businesses, are the people who are running the show in the wedding industry, and everybody else is just, you know, hanging on to them. And the reason why anybody else is not really popping up is because if I assist you tomorrow, now that is your client, you wouldn't want me to post that content on my social media saying it's my work, because in the end, it's your brand's work. And that is why 90% of the newcomers who've been maybe working for three years in the industry don't have a portfolio. Why? Because they've been working for everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the same in the States. Um, I, I would say maybe yeah. a little bit more people might just start their own thing, maybe, because they might have another... Actually, here's a question. How many of those people, that's their primary form of employment? And how many of them are using it as a side hustle? Do you think like most of the filmmakers are full-time or most are kind of hustling? Uh, it's. I would say it's a 50-50. Interesting. Uh, but the 50 who are, who, who are hustling uh, as a side hustle are converting after a few years. They are leaving the corporate jobs. They're leaving. Um, I know people who are still working in corporates. Weddings is a hobby. Uh, they do weddings only on, they pick up weddings like which are destination weddings only on weekends. They have won awards. They are doing beautiful work. Uh, uh, and some of them are really, really close friends of mine who are doing amazing work. I love the, what they do. But it's not their primary business. And that is one reason where they are able to say no to a client. Hmm. You know, if a client says, listen, I want a discount, they say no. And because they're able to say no, the value increases. Yeah. 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 As a freelancer, if this was my bread and butter, the, the biggest fear I have is because it's a big competitive market, if I say no now to a discount of maybe uh, $200, that person would go to somebody else who's doing it uh, at a discount of maybe $100 and I would lose my business. And these people who don't ha do not have that fear are able to say no, where else I am not. And that is the reason I see wedding uh, creators working 24-7 during season uh, and still they don't have money in their bank accounts. Because they end up overspending or they end up uh, overpromising people and they're literally they're working hard but they're not working smart yeah yeah and I, that I, has happened to a lot of people I, I think it's so so interesting it's such an interesting um you know take on weddings it's a very interesting market we we just had someone the other day 
uh, reach out on on our Facebook group, on the Wedding Film School Facebook group, and they said, hey, um, I have a, a referral for a wedding that's happening in India. Um, their their budget is seventeen thousand um, dollars. It was just kind of a little bit too cheap for us. Uh, so so I want to pass it on to someone else who's maybe in that um, you know uh, budget. And all of these people in the comments, tons of comments, like seventeen thousand dollars, and that's you know not enough money for you, like. Uh, I think a lot of Westerners just don't understand what goes into an Indian wedding and what's it kind of expected um, over there. Like in this case, it was probably like a five-day shoot, a four-day shoot, um, you know, multiple people. And, um, you know, they were just kind of blown away. Exactly kind of what you're saying is like, hey, that really experienced filmmaker was like, yeah, $17,000. It's not what we could do. We'd be breaking even on it. And it just blew people's minds. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 people, this is one of the, in the States, one of the biggest things that educators do is they say this, they say like, I'm going to show you how to book $10,000 weddings. I just booked this $10,000 wedding. And I always say, how many days did you have to shoot? Mm. How, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like your you day, know, you your, know, what's, what's your, in, what's, what's your day rate? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. And you know what's happening in India now? Um, and, uh, and I feel that, you know, it kind of gives me a business opportunity off the record with you guys is if I announce tomorrow that uh, Shoot Guru is getting in weddings and the wedding film uh, school is collaborating with us. And if you guys are looking out for international style weddings with international wedding shooters, do hook us up. Believe me, the minimum ticket size that we would be offering to people is $20,000. That's a minimum. Why? Because I would have you guys uh, as the as the poster boys for my... Uh, posters everywhere and say listen i'm getting international shooters to shoot with me what do you want yep and that sells and and that sells that is the reason we have international dops in bollywood that is the reason we have international choreographers in bollywood and that is the reason why we have so many dancers in the background of bollywood music videos which are foreigners because that is what is selling fascinating yeah and uh, and believe me uh, an indian family who would not spend even a rupee on me wouldn't mind giving you a thousand dollars. Why? Because then when they in front of their family, extended family, they would say, listen, these two guys, they especially come for us from the USA. And that term, that 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 headline of having that show off, uh, in, especially in the north in India, I you we we were my mint money with this. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Let's do it. Let's make some money. So so the question for you, because again, I think just us in the US, you know, us Westerners, we really don't even grasp the idea of like what it takes to make this kind of product, to make kind of a Hindu wedding, um, what goes into it. What would you say that most Westerners kind of miss about creating an Indian wedding film, whether it be culturally, like help us kind of understand a little bit more of like what we miss in general when we're trying to produce something. Yeah. I don't think you that uh, like with the how the trend is happening now. Like one of my favorite directors uh, right now uh, is a girl named Dargai. She is from Ukraine, and she is somebody who does music videos uh, for literally some of the best Indian artists that are there. And the way she produces Bollywood is mind blowing. So what I feel that uh, you coming from where you are. Now, with the current uh, trend in the market, you wouldn't miss on anything. Hmm. Believe me. Uh, 
with the kind of storytelling that you guys do with the kind of uh, you know the shots that you guys take uh, the only thing that we have to be very careful about in indian weddings is relationships mm. that every relationship is taken care of and they're touched upon somewhere in that wedding film because then uh, they don't have an option of saying listen you didn't cover this uncle or this aunt or whatever whatever but uh, then we have backups for that that is the reason we have this candid cinematographer and a traditional videographer so a traditional videographer is always rolling his camera he does this you know very mainstream uh, tripodish camera uh, style film that runs for about 30 40 minutes where people can you know watch later the old people in the families can watch later and so oh, listen this uncle also came this aunt also came but then the younger kids the 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 bride and the groom themselves want those cinematic highlights want th- themselves to look like celebrities so if you can make the bride and groom look beautiful make them look like celebrities make them feel special on that wedding you'll sell you have to be part of the family with us you can't be an outsider with us mm-hmm. you can't be somebody who is uh, yes sir yes ma'am uh, and just you know saying hello hi how are you and not even maybe like you said in american wedding it's uh, you you have to be seen but not heard here you have to be heard you have to be there you have to be part of their celebration you have to engage with the families and tell them listen i'm here i'm part of your family and let's celebrate it together i'm so happy with you so let's say you come here i would get you guys into a traditional like uh, sherwanis for a wedding and not have you guys in uh, like in, in suits or even t-shirts for that matter i would want you guys to be in the ethnic uh, like the theme of that day because every day in an indian wedding has a theme it has a color um, and i was surprised to see that in my sister's wedding because the teams that i hired i did not expect them to do this but on the day when the theme was orange everybody wore orange on the day when the theme was blue everybody wore blue and now that is when i realized that was the reason when when i had initiated my talks with these creators that okay i'm doing a wedding the first question that the senior guys of that team asked me was okay just send us the days and the themes that you guys are having and we'll manage and this is the reason they were doing it because then they're not outsiders then they're part of the family then they're celebrating if somebody comes to you and they want to put a uh, saffron on your forehead to give you blessings and other you you bow down and you let them do it and that that culture is what i feel uh, would be very easy for uh, westerners to pick up uh, for once in prison we're not shy uh, we don't like indian culture is a lot more uh, you know uh, they step back a little bit when it comes to uh, involving outsiders but we uh, uh, but i feel now it's changing mm. everybody wants to be part of the celebration everybody wants to be due to be part of the family and and i know creators who've been who did a wedding 5 years ago and for the last 5 years they they have been constantly working for the same family they they have been recommended for literally everything they uh, when the kids are born for their birthdays when when the the brothers and the sisters are getting married for their weddings and it's multiple business you know from a family it's not that just first 20000 is the 200000 that you would make over the next 2 years so that is the kind of you know focus is what is needed here in terms of doing business with indian families so it's all about cuz in the states it's all about um first of all you know i think this is true in both in the states and in india you got to show off what they're showing off right like whatever it is that they think is cool you got to show in your film 
because that's why they spent money on it. But I think the other side yeah. is is um, just m- much more so the idea that the family is the wedding, not just the couple, right? In, in American wedding films, it's all about this is these two people's love story and journey. And I feel like when I see, and I've seen this a lot internationally, like America, we have a little bit of an issue with families right now, I'll say. <laughs> but in the States, or I mean, in, 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 in India, it's like this is a story of a family. And, and I think if you can tell that story, that's why when, when you hop on a fall, if you've never negotiated with a Indian dad, um, when you are booking that wedding, yeah, every so often you're talking directly to the, the couple, but often you're negotiating with the family. That is. Yeah. 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 And in, in India, it's, it's exactly like that. I mean, uh, the couple would like your work. They would introduce you to their family. All the negotiations are done by the father. Mm. And, and that's, and that's how it's done. And yeah. not only the father, the uncle sits with them. The person who's the best negotiator in the family sits with them. And then you have this panel of people sitting in front of you saying, listen, we need a discount or we need this thing extra, or what can you give more or, uh, how can we own you? So <laughs> it's, 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 the, <laughs> it's just that you have to deal with a lot of that as well. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, man, it's been so so fascinating super interesting yeah, very if you're lightning. yeah if you're like a filmmaker um you know listening to this i mean obviously you as a filmmaker you know maybe you can't apply all that stuff because you're shooting not these types of weddings but you should want to know right i think i think if you're a filmmaker wanting to understand other people that's what a storyteller is so i yeah. i love getting to explore other people's cultures and their families and what is exciting to them because I think love is a constant and families are a constant. And there's something like that one culture might do that is very highlighted, but it's still in the other cultures. Like, like, like human beings are all the travel I've done around the world. I remember meeting you guys and I was, I I forget the other gentleman who was with us at the time. Uh, We were at, yeah, just, we were talking and I was like, I, these people, we get each other. I was like, this is like, I, like, and I've, I've had that experience all around the world with people from all different cultures play. I remember playing risk with a bunch of guys in the Philippines and they're like sitting there and we're playing risk and, and they're just not to be gross, but they're just, they keep eating uh, some uh, durian fruit behind our back. And then they would just blow it in your face across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not good smelling. It's screwing with each other. Yeah. yeah. It's just like people are people. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I love about yeah, yeah, it is yeah. like, you can see that we have more in common than we have as differences and you can learn a lot and maybe get outside of your context. Like, because there yeah. are things like in our industry that we just get locked into whatever it is in, in India too, whatever you're in, you get locked into that mode of being and it's hard to get out. So I, lo- I wanted to have you on because you give fresh perspective, and I think a lot of what you're saying is universally true, but it's just more um, emph- emphasized over there, and I think we can apply a lot. So I thought that was really great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Kay. Dude, such a pleasure talking. And uh, it's a pleasure, man. It's yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. I, I think and you know, you know, we, you've got me thinking about so many new business ideas. That oh, we me too, man. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna we say should connect. Otherwise, you guys, you guys have to visit India. Oh well, exactly. We I was thinking. I was like, man, you know, what would be really cool for us to do would be a behind the scenes 
of an actual Indian wedding in India because we have them in America, which I feel like it's just like we see a little insight into what it's, uh, a real Indian wedding in India is like. Um, but actually being a part of that, that would be awesome. So we have to put something together. That would be, be really so fun. fun. Um, yeah. Now, how can people get a hold of you? What can people? How do people find you on the interwebs and see what you're doing and check out what you guys are doing? So I'm available on Instagram. That's at ShootGuru on Instagram. And, of course, on YouTube as well. Again, same handle, at ShootGuru. That's great. And of course we have, you know, I think, uh, some Indian, um, of audience. And so if you are listening to this and you've never really, f um, followed him, which I think would be kind of unlikely, but if you never, uh, looked into K, go check him out. I mean, uh, I would highly recommend like just getting involved with someone who's willing to actually put a camera in your hands and make you actually learn to do it correctly. <laughs> and I think that's great. So Thank you so much, Kay. If you have been listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. If you've been listening to the show and you enjoyed it, like it. If you're watching on YouTube, like, share, do all that stuff. But mainly, you know, it just means a lot to us if you would um, just apply the information. Like, just take it, put it in your life, and um, make better films, guys. Have a great day.